to the Dr. Doom podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Doom. If the audio is a little funny, I'm recording this episode on my phone. And uh, I'm up at the fishing camp. If you don't know the whole backstory, um, a couple of years ago, like when COVID started, um, I bought a little cottage out in uh, on, on one of the uh, salmon rivers in New Brunswick called the Miramichi. And at, the, at that time, uh, I thought, man, this place is heaven on earth. It was like I could afford it. I had saved for it. It was like pretty much everything I wanted. And uh, so we bought it. And this dude cut down all the trees across the water from me and then put a trailer park <laughs> right across the water. Like, And the water's not wide, right? The river at that point was maybe, I don't know, 200 feet across. So I could hear them talking all the time and like... They were all, you know, drinking and throwing beer bottles. They were ogling my wife, which that's fine. Uh, but it was, you know, it was irritating and it, there was no more peaceful, natural tranquility there. So uh, what I did was uh, when the all the real estate stuff went crazy mid-COVID, I sold that camp, uh, but then immediately bought one <laughs> that I couldn't afford uh, just down the road. And uh, so now I'm in the unaffordable camp and I'm sitting on the deck of that unaffordable camp having a whiskey and I thought I would tell you the story of the expense that I am incurring uh every time I come up here I say Chrissy every time I come up it costs at least a thousand dollars well this trip has cost me thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> this is what happened so last year we used this boat and it's a wooden boat and uh it was really really heavy it, it, it was a good boat. It was handmade by the guy who used to uh, take care of the camp here. And um, I had a motor that goes on my other boat that I just brought up here for the spring. And the way spring fishing works is when the water's high, you fish out of a boat. And you, you, you know, it's all fly fishing here. And you go to the shore, you know, and, the, and, and you try to find, and they call them bogans, but they're just basically like little inlets where the current isn't too extreme and so the salmon will swim up in those inlets they're coming back out to the ocean so they're hungry and they're looking for smelt and that kind of thing as i'm talking to you there's a fairly large animal traipsing through the yard and i'm hoping it's a deer and not a bear because uh, we're in that season where the bears are waking up anyway um so all that said uh last year i used that wooden boat but I have a metal boat that I, I want to use up here that's a little safer, it's a little bigger, and uh, not as tippy when you're standing in it fishing and that kind of thing. And because I'm taking jack fishing with me a lot, um, I, I just kind of I feel a little more comfortable in the bigger boat. The other one was maybe 12 or 13 feet long. My boat is 16 feet long. But the thing is, I bought that boat, um, I bought it like... I don't know, three years ago. And I've never fished it. I've never even had it, like, had a motor on it or anything. I've, I've used a trolling motor and gone to a lake near our house to go fishing. Um, but I've never, like, mounted my motor on it and opened it up or whatever. But today I got it out and uh, got it out of the shed. And I brought the motor up from home. The motor weighs, oh, a thousand pounds or so. Uh, realistically, a little over a hundred pounds. And I mounted it, and as, when I put it on, I thought, 
this doesn't look right. This looks funny. And that should have been the sign to take the fucking motor off and rethink. Have a rethink. But I didn't. What I did is I left the motor on. I launched the boat. And then um, I got it in the water, put the anchor, put it all together, all that shit. And then I, uh, you know, I, I took Jack out in it. And we went to go upriver. Now, okay, in New Brunswick, in, in the Miramichi, all the ice is melting right now. And the river is going really fast. So the river's moving. Like, if you watch, there are ice flows coming down the whole time. An ice flow is probably going, I would guess, maybe five to ten miles an hour down the river. Like, it's not slow. If you were in an inner tube, you'd be going probably at least seven or eight miles an hour, would be my guess. Maybe nine, ten miles an hour. And I, I'm in this boat, and we push offshore, pull up the anchor, and immediately I realize as soon as you start trying to drive, the water cavitates around the propeller so that the propeller is just grabbing mostly air and a little bit of water, and I can't fight the fucking current. <laughs> and so, and so uh, where the river narrows, it's like there's an extreme current, and... So we got kind of swept down the river by, oh, I'd say about four kilometers before I kind of, I worked from side to side. So by the time I got to the other side, well, maybe not four kilometers, maybe two kilometers, we were down the river. There's a, I mean, there's a big ass animal. Uh, I'm just going to make my way inside. (laughs) I think it is in fact a bear. Um, But... uh, Okay, so where I'm going with this, I'm walking and talking at the same time because this, I don't think the software has any editing features. Um, the the thing was, like, we were probably a couple of kilometers down the river and on the other side, and since we were there, I was like, well, let's fish, and I didn't want to freak Jack out. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was I was already nervous that coming back was going to be a major problem. I'm going to turn off the fan in here because it's obviously pretty loud. Um, so I said, well, let's fish for a bit and we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm a little worried we'll have to head up before it gets too dark. And sure enough, coming up against the current uh, after we didn't catch any fish, coming back up the river... You, you could see the side of the river and for every like we would go four feet forward and then the water would cavitate around the motor and we'd go three feet backwards and I was really worried that the impeller in the outboard wouldn't be pulling in enough water and the thing would overheat and die and then I was like but the banks are really steep so I thought there's nowhere there's nowhere for us to go here um, ultimately we were able to get the the boat up by sticking to like running from little inlet to inlet and it took us about an hour and a half to go two kilometers up the river (laughs) with the wrong size motor on the boat um so i i found a guy selling a long shaft motor the problem was the transom on this boat doesn't have a cutaway in it for a short shaft motor which every boat i've ever had has had Uh, This one has a uh, transom that's like straight across. So I think it's like a 20 inch transom or something. So you need a long shaft motor like they have on sailboats for fuck's sake. Uh, Who designs these things? Anyway, um, I, I, 
I found the guy on uh, Kijiji, which is like our Craigslist, and he sells long sh- a, sh- a long shaft motor that is slightly used. I'm probably going to regret this, but I just said, I'll buy it. It's 30, he wanted $3,300 for it. He wanted 36. We settled on 33. So uh, one trip, one night at the camp has once again cost me well over $1,000. This I own the fucking place, but it costs more than going to a hotel every single time. So my advice to you would be, um, you know, just rent places uh, where all this shit is taken care of for you. Don't, don't get yourself in to this fucking disaster that I've done. And you'd say like, oh yeah, but that's a one-time expense and then it's all sorted out. Every fucking time I come up here, there's another one-time expense that needs sorting out. It, it never ends. It's a never-ending sinkhole of expense. I'll tell you quickly the other story um, from today is that uh, Jack was in the backseat of the car. So, uh, like, there's there's nowhere to turn around here. It's all, like, really single, like, narrow single track kind of roads, or, well, double track, I guess you would say. We're out in the woods, right, right in the middle of nowhere. And uh, and Jack was in the back seat, and I didn't realize he didn't have his seatbelt on, so I came out with the boat uh, on the back of the truck and uh, got turned around across the street and then came back and when when we were coming in another guy was coming out on the single track but we came around a corner at the same time and i had to slam on the brakes jack went flying out of the seat and slammed his face into the door pillar uh where my seatbelt comes out of and he has a black eye and the whole side of his head is swollen and then i'm sure he has a concussion because he said I just feel really tired, Dad. I just need to lie down for a bit. I was like, oh, shit, don't lie down. I said, you know, I'll keep an eye on you. If your headache gets worse, we'll go to the hospital. That was about seven hours ago. His headache hasn't gotten worse, so I think we're in the clear. But anyway, what a day. It's uh, it's not that it was a bad day. I, I love being up here. It's just that it's expensive and stressful, and, and I hurt my son, and I'm supposed to be here bonding with him. Anyway, that's about it. Uh, We'll we'll go on to another story here in a second. This is a, sorry, this is a little bit of a uh, medical story. Um, So it's been a year. Uh, There are, in my job, there were five of us. You really need five or six in order to just have a functioning uh, uh, system, I guess you would say, because we're on call every, uh, every you know, five or six nights and if every five or six weekends for our uh, surgical side of things that we do. And then we also cover the medical side of things that we do every 10 or 11 nights or weekends. So you end up with like quite a lot of call and what happened was we had a fella quit uh, last summer. And uh, so we were down to four. And uh, doing one in four uh, sounds great, except that uh, there's always, almost always somebody away or somebody at a meeting or something like that. So you're really doing one in three point something. Plus, we're still doing the, we're still covering the uh, medical side of things. So it's been uh, just a hell of a year. And um, when you're on call that much, the other problem is at our center, we're the main center in our province that covers a lot of essential services. 
and we're the only people who do them. So they ship people from all over the province to us in order to see them day or night, right? So, and this is especially true at night. And it's been like uh, problematic for me. I, I like to sleep and I haven't been getting a whole lot of sleep. So the other weekend I was on call and I get called in. I live in New Brunswick is a bilingual province, which is uh, to say it's half English and half French. And I was on call and I got called from somebody in the north of the province, which is more French than English. And they had a problem. They had this patient who needed a procedure that only we could perform, apparently. And uh, so they sent them down to our hospital. Now, a transport from the north of the province to us in the south of the province is at minimum five hours. And I got this call at like 6.30 at night. So I called the team in to be there at 11.30. The patient arrived at 1.30 in the morning. So we waited for two hours. We did the procedure. Um, she spoke mostly French. So, je peux essayer, je parle un peu de français. And I did the very best I could. I, I spoke French to her. And, uh, and we got the procedure done. And, and to my shock, it went really well. Like, we were able to get her kind of back to normal because it was a difficult, difficult procedure. And we finished around 5.30 in the morning. And then I uh, went to bed in my office for an hour, got up at 6.30, and then went back to work upstairs and continued the next day. Uh, so, you know, I don't like to use the word hero, but I felt like a hero, like a healthcare hero. I'd really, like, gone, done my very best, and the lady had a good outcome. And I felt like things are things are on the up and up. I actually went home. I remember that weekend I was on call and I kept getting called in, but I was like, you know what? At least that one case went well like that. That patient should be pretty happy. So a couple of weeks pass and I'm uh, at the front desk and I overhear this conversation happening about a complaint about one of the doctors. And the the uh, technologist who's taking the call said, oh, "Oh, I was I was there as well. No, he, I you know I think he certainly, in my opinion, did his very best to speak French. None of us could speak French, but he he certainly tried. Anyway, as it turns out, the patient complained because my French wasn't good enough, and I felt like just sending her a letter that said, "Bonjour, fuck you." <laughs> Thanks for fucking, hey, you're welcome. You're fucking welcome for us coming in in the middle of the night and fucking up our entire week in order to do this shit for you so you could fucking complain to the language commissioner about us. Anyway, uh, I offered to um, write a response to the letter, but all the technologists and nurses were horrified because they knew exactly what would be in the response and I was stopped immediately. Anyway, that's just the kind of shit that uh, you deal with, I guess, in a bilingual province. I'm still glad. I'm still glad the lady's healthy and that things went well. But man, am I fucking mad that they put in this complaint in the first place. It just is the synopsis of this career that's perfectly summarized. Like, I did my best. I spoke French to the best of my ability. I used to speak French. I, I, I did everything I could, and I still got fucked by this fucking complaint um, because politics matter more than outcomes. They matter more than everything. And I fucking hate them. They're always stupid. Anyway, 
Uh, on that note, we'll see you next time. Stay healthy, stay safe, um, stay classy. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what's the sign off? Stay healthy, stay classy. See you next time. Well, whatever it is. You know what? Don't put in language complaints about your physician, especially if you're in the middle of the night.